turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. This is our radio program, Isaiah 61, uh, coming at you on the mission. Uh, Just as everyone probably knows, the week in review was a real popular week. You know, I shared with you how I was in uh, Bahamas for a leadership conference, real impacting, just uh, opened up my eyes to some things and still had to come back, back home to America, make sure I got back in time to, to, uh, to, to vote and exercise that, that right to vote. And, and, uh, so swift process, got in and out, uh, did Bible study that night, you know, a little, a little like depressing afterwards and the, the American, uh, political process really, uh, depresses me in my lifetime, <laughs> It reminds me more of a junior high election than than anything the adults do with all the slandering and digging up dirt on people and going back and forth. And, and just, you know, one of the things that really, you know, after talking about the need for godly men and what godly men do, and, uh, you know, I just thought about, you know, that our, one, one of the things our community needs godly men is to, is to be able to just hear from God and allow the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, when you face with choices and, and, and things that you live in a nation that has uh, kind of walked away from its roots, you know, I feel like I'm living in the days of Manasseh or something like that, whereas, you know, God has done a great thing and elevated the nation up to a point. And then as people grow they forget about God, you know what I mean? And they get to that point. And that's one of the things I never want to do. And it's one of the things that I always emphasize to my, to my family that, that no level of uh, prosperity or poverty should ever hinder our love for the Lord and our, and our call and commitment to what he's called us to. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's like uh, my, my buddy in Nigeria says, your present situation is not your final destination. And so you got to understand that, that there's there's always room, you know, uh, for improvement. There's always room to go up. And, you know, God wants us to go closer and closer to him. But, you know, just looking sometimes and hearing people uh, walking around with, like gloom and sadness has happened. You know what I mean? You know, it's like I wonder if we, we get so wrapped up in uh, our our TV shows and our social media that we forget that we're still human beings, you know, and we start taking this thing personal, uh, saying we lost or we won or, uh, 
we'll be back or we're in control. And, 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 and really, I don't even look at the we as being me. And it's not because I think that I'm above that. It's not that I think that, uh, that I'm not a citizen. I'm a citizen of this country, but yet I'm not a citizen of this country. You know, I mean, because of, uh, I'm a kingdom citizen before I'm anything else. But it's that when you have a mission, when you have a goal in life, when you have a purpose, when you have a vision, you know, the things around you, they don't really matter. You know what I mean? It's, 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 I look at the first century church that had to operate in a hostile environment, you know, not only hostile in the religious circles, but also hostile in governmental circles. How people felt about them. You know, I look at even what a lot of times what the Jewish captives had to go through, especially when you look at the book of Daniel. Uh, you know, do I stay true to my faith and what I believe or do I bow and uh, just do what everybody else is doing in this new land. And when you don't bow, when you become like Mordecai or the three Hebrew boys or, or Daniel and, and, and people hate you because you won't bow because you, your, 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 your conviction, your, your spiritual convictions outweigh your, your moral and other obligations. Then, you know, you, you go back and you wonder, like, uh, you know, is it is it really worth it? Am I going to be appreciated? Am I going to be there? Am I going to be ridiculed? And sometimes people give in because they don't want to be ridiculed. You know, and not even a fit-in thing. You just don't even want to fight sometimes. So you don't even fight with somebody. You know, you just kind of give in and because they're just there and, and you just don't want to fight. And uh, But, you know, sometimes we have to exercise that ability to fight back. But if you don't have a mission and you don't have a vision and you don't, know what your purpose is, you'll find yourself chasing anything. You'll find yourself putting all your hopes, you know, in a pastor. You'll find yourself putting all your hopes in a mate. You'll find yourself putting all your hopes in your children. You're putting all your hopes in a political candidate or in a particular professional football team. You know, I, I used to look at my son, and, and I'm just going to share with you today some examples of things in, in, in my life. My son we would get out of church. My son was a diehard Vikings fan, right? And I warned him, and you can't be a Vikings fan because you're going to end up on Prozac. You know what I mean? You just, you just, it's, it's, it's the instant road to depression, you know. But, you know, he was Vikings fan, you know what I mean? And me being from Chicago, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, the Bears can do no wrong, you know what I mean? You know, they could be 1 is 15. I'm just going to say, the Bears, you know what I mean? That's how it's going to go. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's like, you know, the Cubs winning the World Series, you know what I mean? You just don't expect nothing to ever happen. You get it so long. But my son would leave church. Man, we get out of church before people can get up out of their pews. That dude is out the door, running down the street, trying to get to the house to catch the game, you know, because the game had kicked off at 12, 10, 12, 15, you know, it's twelve thirty, twelve thirty-five. He's he's running home. He wants to get there to watch the Vikings, and so we hang around church. We laugh. We even days we're serving food. He wouldn't stay. He wouldn't stay for food. He run. He got to get to the Vikings. You know. So by the time we get home, we walk in the door. He's sitting on the couch, his lip in his lap, looking all sad. You know. <laughs> And I'd be like, son, why do you do this to yourself every week, man? I said, why do you do yourself? I said, oh, we're going to come back. We're we going to have this. 
we're going to have this. And, you know, and then finally, you know, he just went and said, like, you know, he's, he gave up on he gave up on the Vikings. He said he just gave up on football. Period. He was just like he just he's done. He's like my heart been broken too many times. And 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 not to pick on the Vikings. I mean, everybody can you know can get there and, and go there. But I'm just saying he started rapping all his his whole week hinged upon what the Vikings did. If the Vikings lost, oh my goodness. I mean, his brothers and sisters didn't want to be around him. You know, what I mean, he just was like crabby and. This and of course they teased him. Oh, they teased him. You know what I mean? My my other son became a Packers fan, not because he liked the Packers, because but the Packers was always whooping the Vikings. So it, to make his brother mad, he just became a Packers fan. And it was like it was just one of them things in the house where they're going at it, and it's like you know, and I'm saying, son, why do you let it get to you? And you know, and I got seven kids, and they. You know, when you got six brothers and sisters who know they can get to you a certain way, they gonna get to you that way. You know, and they and they would go that way. And then finally, I guess he's probably about fifteen, sixteen years old. He just gave up on football. One day, he didn't run out to church, and we was all wondering why he was still at the church. And he says, "I, because I'm done. I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm just done." You know what I mean? And, but I would always sit him down and say, "You can't allow a situation, especially one that you have no control over." to dominate your emotions and your feelings. I said, I said, the church service, you can come out of church service feeling good and the Vikings can take it all away. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I mean, you know how the days that you're having a good day and then you go home and there's somebody in the house just sucks it all out of you or you go to work and they suck it out of you or you go to the health club and somebody sucks it out of you or somebody cuts in front of you and sucks it. I said, but if, if, if we are at that point in our life, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, where certain situations with human beings can block us and stop us and change our whole outlook and perspective, then we're not where we need to be at with the Lord. I say it's not because you got to ask yourself this question. If, if, if one human being can ruin my whole day or my whole week, what can one demon do? You know what I mean? He's, he's unchecked. You know, he, 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 I can't lock him out. I can't block his phone calls. You know what I mean? I, I can't screen him. You know what I mean? You, well, what can one demon do to get set in my life? I'd be up the creek. I'd be, I'd be really, really shouting for help and looking for things. And so we have to understand that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And, and to go around and, and the, 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 the levels of the sadness and depression that, <laughs> My son came home from school saying, he said, Dad, I got a question. I said, what's the question, son? He said, how come on Monday and Tuesday when we asked our teachers who they're voting for, they said, we're not going to talk about the election. You know, we're going to have to stick to classwork. But on Wednesday, (laughs) they all want to sit. And we spent seven class periods. Every class we went to, they wanted to talk about the election and how sad they were and asking us if we were sad. And I told them, no, I ain't sad because, I don't worry about stuff like that. I don't pay no bills. You know, that's just the, that's the reality of my son lives in. Because I tell him, I say, do you pay bills? All right, well, you ain't got a right to know nothing. You just, you just, you don't have to worry about nothing. All you got to do is just say, Daddy, we, we out of toilet paper. Daddy, we out of bread. Daddy, we out of eggs. And eggs and toilet paper and bread magically appear in the house, you know, without no money coming out your pocket. That's the stage of life you in. I said, but when you do get to this stage, you're going to understand that it wasn't a magical appearance. It was called cash money that has to be generated by working. And I said, you got lots of time to experience that. So 
Focus on what you need to focus on now and get there. And so we have, we go back and say, like, 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 what has God called me to? Vision is your purpose in technicolor, in living color. You know, we, what you see is what God has called you to. You know, and you look at it and you look down the road and sometimes it seems attainable and sometimes it doesn't seem attainable. And, and, and what I've come to find out in my lifetime is that you know, some visions take generations to come to pass. You know, when you look at the vision that Abraham had and God, the promise that he made him when he told him his people will be locked in a strange land for 400 years and then they would be called out. You know what I mean? That was 400 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that that's a vision. <laughs> you know, and, but, but later on, you know, a few years later, here's his grandson, Joseph, telling his children and his nephews that look, when that 400 year time period comes, take my bones out of here and bury my bones with my father. You know what I mean? And so here, here's, here, here's the mission. If they had no other mission, it was to get their daddy's bones out of Egypt and to that place. But they all knew it wasn't going to happen for 400 years. You know, do you have a vision? Do you have a mission in life? Are you allowing yourself to be consumed sitting in front of the television? You and Netflix or, you know, you sitting up there. You know, are you one of them households where the news station is on all day long? MSN, Fox, CNN. You just sitting there like you're going to miss something that you really, really going to miss something that goes in there. And you're missing a lot of things because the only thing you're getting is what they want you to see. You know, what I mean? they're not going to let you see nothing they don't want you to see. You know, what I mean? but you didn't build your whole faith and your whole theology around what somebody wanted you to see. You know what I mean? And you're not exercising the prophetic gifts and the things that God is giving you to see without seeing. You know, in other words, that the Holy Spirit can reveal to you what you need to be praying for. You know, I've said it before on this show before It's one of the reasons why. I quit kind of going to prayer meetings because prayer meetings had degenerated into praying for whatever talk radio said or whatever news somebody said. I said, shouldn't we be getting fresh insight from God or do we really have to pray about what we just read in the Star Tribune? I mean, it just it seems like you're reacting and you're not proactive, you know. And so my, my challenge today is, is that is that we need to understand why we were placed on this earth. You know, we need to understand what is the mission and the goal that God expects us to accomplish. And we need to be about our mission. We need to be about that goal. Too often times we lean on other people to do stuff for us. Too often times, you know, we, we, we have a school system that, that graduates, graduating at 44 percent, 48 percent. You know what I mean? Are, are we willing to go in there and tutor? Are we willing to do some extra things that enrich the life of a young person and help them maybe graduate. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, are we, are we willing to those kids that depend upon school breakfast and school lunch, you know, are we willing to feed them during Christmas break, Thanksgiving break when they're not going to get school lunch for two weeks during Christmas break or school lunch, what's going to happen in between? Or are we just going to sit up there and enjoy ourselves and do something like that? You know what I mean? it's easy to say what we can do with somebody else's money. And it's easy to say what an institution or organization like the church or the government should do. But we have to ask ourselves, why am I here? What am I put on this earth for? 
what am I going to do? You know, I, I want to come back after the break and uh, we take a break. And, and I want to just share with you some ways to understand if you haven't gotten to that point, ways that you can ask yourself, why am I here? What do I need to do and how I need to enforce what God has placed me on this earth to do? Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Pastors, you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that your congregation will really enjoy and benefit from, but you just can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give SermonSearch.com a try. Sermon Search is packed with sermon outlines from revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. You'll also find images, videos, and analogies to complement your presentation of God's message. Be inspired to study, create, and proclaim with SermonSearch.com. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming at you on Mission 980. Uh, Going to wrap up, you know, with just talking about having a sense of purpose and having mission. You know, uh, one of the things that I've, al- I've always taught my children, and I'm going to tell this story, and, uh, and you could tell whether or not uh, you came from a privileged background uh, <laughs> or you came from a background like me when I tell you this story, because it all depends on how you feel about the story. But when I was a young boy growing up, uh, my mother had this saying. She said, there is not a disease or an illness created by God nor man that can keep you out of school. And and uh, and she wasn't joking. <laughs> she wasn't joking. I remember times of, of, of having whooping cough, flu. You know, I remember walking to school one time, man. I had diarrhea so bad. I'm walking, taking little steps, trying not to poop hole myself, trying to get to school. And uh, and and you know, we went to Catholic school, so my mother would say, "If the nuns send you home, you can stay home, right?" And so I would get to school, and I would go to the to the head nun, and I would say, "Sister Judy, I'm not feeling well," and and she said, "You're not." I said, I said, but my mother said I'd have to tell you to see what come on. She said, Joseph, your mother wouldn't have sent you to school if you weren't if you weren't healthy enough. So I figured, like, okay, it doesn't do any good to tell my mother, and it doesn't do any good to tell none. So well, you know what? I'm not telling anybody when I'm sick no more. You know, I made my mind up in second grade that I'm not doing anything. I slipped on the ice and fell on a nail, two inch nail up in my up up in my red lower butt cheek, and and my mother being from the south chipped it. The, the wood out the ice, burnt the wood because that's supposed to heal all diseases and uh, and put a Band-Aid on it, put some alcohol on the Band-Aid on it and send me to school. But I couldn't sit in the chair. So I'm sitting off the chair and the lady, the teacher said, sit in your chair. And I said, I can't. And she said, 
Joseph, sit in your chair. I said, I can't. You know, and she said, why can't you sit in your chair? I say, because I slipped on a nail and it stuck me in the booty. And so the whole class erupts. So she think I'm trying to be class clown. I'm only second grade, seven years old. You know what I mean? She's going to take me outside the room with a paddle. She's about to light me up. But when she pulled my pants down to paddle me, she saw the Band-Aid. And she saw how swollen it was. <laughs> and she said, and your mama sent you to school. You must be all right. Go in there and sit down, right? And so from then on, even now, as a grown man, my wife gets mad because when she always tells me, honey, you need to rest. You're sick. And I say to my wife, there's not a sickness or disease created by God nor man that can stop me from going to work. You know what I mean? I don't go to school no more. I just say go to work. You know, and some people hear that thing and say, oh, how abusive. Your mother was abusive. You know what I mean? Everything like that, it's abusive. And I say, and I hear that story, and it wasn't abusive. What my mother was doing, she was preparing me for life. That that that, that as an African-American male, now you can chew on this and not chew on it if you want to. I got to work twice as hard to get half as much, right? And she wanted me to make sure that I didn't live a life full of excuses, that, that I would that I would go and be about my father's business and then I would stick to it and I wouldn't let anything hinder me. And I teach my kids that, that there's not a sickness or disease that can stop you from going to work or school. I say, and there's not a human being that can block your path. If a human being can block your path, if a human being can change your day, then your path is not divine because the only one that can block your path is God himself. If you're on his path, you know, if you're walking down his path, you know what I mean? And so therefore, when you run up on an obstacle, do you stop? Do you pout? Do you cry? Or do you find a way around it? You know what I mean? I I, I, I teach mine. We find a way around it. You know what I mean? We don't have time to stop and whine and pout. Find a way around it. You got to work. Because if you're about your mission, if you're about doing what God has called you to do, you don't have time. My mission is young people. That's what my mission is. I pastor, but my mission is young people. And I'm going to raise up the, a, a new generation of evangelists and lead, leaders that are Christ-centered, that are excellent in spirit. They can be like Daniel. They can function in any environment, but never, ever lose their context of who they are in Christ. You know what I mean? That's what I do. In my free time, that's what I do. I don't golf. I don't play with electronics. I don't collect cars. You know what I mean? I work with young people. I'm, if I'm not volunteering, coaching a sport or tutoring or run a college prep class, that's what I do. That's what I look because I'm about my mission. Doesn't matter who's in office. Doesn't matter how much money's in my bank account. Doesn't matter whether you send me a support check or don't send me a support check. You know what I mean? Well, all that matters is, is that you will know one thing that I am going to be about my father's business, whether I'm working with one or a hundred. You know, I tell funders when they choose to fund us, they say, well, what if we decide not to fund you? How would that affect what you do? I say, you'll never affect what I do. You'll just affect how much I do. I say, because if I would ever last breath in my body, I'll work with somebody. I say, but it may not be 50. It may not be a hundred. You know, I may only have to work with two, one, ten. I say, but you can believe this. This program, this ministry, this mission is going to go on and it's not going to be stopped by you or anybody else. You can be a part of it 
or you can step to the side. That's the thing I'm looking at. And I look at it, why, that why do we need godly men? Because God set man up to be the head. Not a head as a dominating head, like an overlord head, but a head like a foundation. You can't build a building until you have a foundation. And the reason why some of the things that we do crumble is because we have a weak foundation. Because either A, we try to build it without man, or man's character can't hold up to the weight of what God has called him to do. So I say this, what makes you angry? You know, what usually makes you angry is probably what you were put on this earth to solve. Me, ignorant people make me angry. And so therefore, I tend to focus a lot on teaching and education. But what makes you angry? God has you here for a reason to impact and to change. And he's placed something in you that this world needs. Please don't let it waste away sitting in the pew sitting in front of TV or sitting at a job. Get out there. Be involved. You do not need the church or the federal government to impact somebody's life. All you need is a Bible and a willing heart. God bless you. See you next week.